Hi there. We're going to start reading today in regards to the adversaries of Judah. That's chapter 4 of the book of Ezra. Now, as believers, we know we always undergo a measure of opposition from the ungodly. The righteous proclaim truth. We rely on God alone. We respond to threats through constant prayer and faith in God. The enemies of God, as we'll read about here, they were probably Samaritans, attempt to infiltrate the Jews and disrupt the building of the temple by a pretense of unity. They offer to join together to advance God's work. The enemies of Judah claim to worship and sacrifice to the Lord God, as did the Jews, but they retained their own gods. They did not accept the written word of God as the authority it was a deceptive offer of help and a sinister plot to undermine the faith and the commitment of the restored remnant. The scriptures warn us Satan will seek to distort God's message and bring ruin to God's holy remnant. Sometimes that comes through offers of cooperation or false believers who aren't really what they say they are. They're not loyal to God's written word. Unity among those who worship the Lord is important, and that unity must be based on sincere faith, obedient righteousness, and loyalty to God's revealed truth. Okay, so, chapter 4. Now when the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the children of the captivity builded the temple unto the Lord God of Israel, then they came to Zerubbabel, and to the chief of the fathers, and said unto them, Let us build with you, for we seek your God, as ye do, and we do sacrifice unto him. Since the days of Ashar Hadan, king of Assur, which brought us up hither. But Zerubbabel and Jeshua, and the rest of the chief of the fathers of Israel, said unto them, you have nothing to do with us to build a house unto our God, but we ourselves together will build unto the Lord God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, hath commanded us. Zerubbabel and Jeshua refused to enter into fellowship with this people of the land. They live by the biblical principle of separation from idolatry and compromise with the world. It's a refusal to accept a religion which would only lead to opposition and persecution for God's people. The adversaries discouraged the people through intimidation, threats, and misrepresentation of their intentions. <clears throat> then the people of the land weakened the hands of the people of Judah and troubled them in building and hired counselors against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even until the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, wrote they unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. So it's a reference to the reign of Darius, and it's repeated in verse 24 as a way to use the Old Testament to show that verse 24 continues where verse 5 left off. In between these, 
It completes the account of the Samaritan persecution down to Ezra's own day, then comes back to the account of the rebuilding of the temple. Verses 7 through 23 talk about the city being rebuilt, not the temple. Ezra here, we see, received a decree to rebuild the city. The Samaritans wanted that decree revoked. Ahasuerus is Latinized from the Hebrew Ahashwerosh. Ancient inscriptions show Greeks called him Xerxes. He reigned over the Persian Empire from 485 to 465 BC. And the events of the Book of Esther also took place during that period of time. So, all right, so we're going to move on to the letter to Arcturus. And in the reign of Ahasuerus, in the beginning of his reign, wrote they unto him an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. And in the days of Artaxerxes wrote Bishlam, Mithridath, Tabil, and the rest of their companions unto Artaxerxes, king of Persia. And the writing of the letter was written in the Syrian tongue and interpreted in the Syrian tongue. Rehom, the chancellor, and Shimshai, the scribe, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Artaxerxes, the king, in this sort. Then wrote Rehom, the chancellor, and Shimshai, the scribe, and the rest of their companions, the Dineites, the Apharsathites, the Tarpelites, the Apharsites, the Archivites, the Babylonians, the Susanchenites, the Dehavites, and the Elamites, and the rest of the nations whom the great and noble Asnapar brought over and set in the cities of Samaria, and the rest that are on this side the river, and at such a time. This is the copy of the letter that they sent unto him, even unto Artaxerxes the king. Thy servants, the men on this side the river, and at such a time, be it known unto the king that the Jews which came up from thee to us are come unto Jerusalem, building the rebellious and the bad city, and have set up the walls thereof, and joined the foundations. Be it known now unto the king that if the city be builded and the walls set up again, then will they not pay toll, tribute, and custom? And so thou shalt endamage the revenue of the kings. So Ezra is not giving any details of the accusation made by Judah's enemies to King Ahasuerus, but a copy of the letter was sent in Ezra's own day to the next king, Arctaxerxes, who reigned from 465 to 424. The letter contained some truth. Jerusalem had indeed rebelled against the Babylonians more than once. Okay, continuing on in the letter. Now, because we have maintenance from the king's palace, and it was not meet for us to see the king's dishonor, therefore have we sent and certified the king. That search may be made in the book of the records of thy fathers, so shalt thou find in the book of the records, and know that this city is a rebellious city, 
and hurtful unto kings and provinces, and that they have moved sedition within the same of old time, for which cause was the city destroyed. We certify the king that if the city be builded again, and the walls thereof set up, by this means thou shalt have no portion on this side the river. Then sent the king an answer unto Rehum the chancellor, and to Shimshai the scribe, and to the rest of their companions that dwell in Samaria, and unto the rest beyond the river. Peace, and at such a time, the letter which ye sent unto us hath been plainly read before me, and I commanded, and search hath been made, and it is found that the city of old time hath made insurrection against kings, and that rebellion and sedition have been made therein. There have been mighty kings also over Jerusalem, which have ruled over all countries beyond the river, and toll, tribute, and custom was paid unto them. Give ye now commandment to cause these men to cease, and that this city be not builded, until another commandment shall be given from me. Take heed now that ye fail not to do this. Why should damage grow to the hurt of the kings? Now when the copy of King Archaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum and Shimshai the scribe and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem unto the Jews, and made them to cease by force and power. And Nehemiah one three gives more details about what the opponents of the Jews did exactly to impede their progress on the city walls. Work on the temple did cease soon after it began, around 538 BC, and it didn't resume until about 18 years later, 520 BC. Then ceased the work of the house of the God, which is at Jerusalem. So it ceased unto the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Now we're moving on to chapter 5. Zerubbabel begins to build again. Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them. Then rose up Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, and Jeshua the son of Jozadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God, helping them. So work on the temple was renewed and accomplished because of the prophetic ministry of Haggai and Zechariah. Their prophecies included direct command, warning and rebuke, exhortation, encouragement through the promise of future blessings. The word of God through Jeremiah set in motion the beginning of the rebuilding of the temple. The word of the Lord through Haggai and Zechariah was inspiring its completion. The rebuilding of the temple was undertaken through leadership of Zerubbabel and Jeshua. Ezra does note two additional contributing factors in the successful restoration of God's house. 
first of all, the ministry and revelation of the prophets were influential in seeing the project through to completion, even though there were many obstacles and setbacks. God's work always requires participation of God's prophets in order to realize his holy purpose for every gener generation. Also, the dedication of the elders and the people was a key element. Instead of apathy or taking the challenge casually, they pursued this task with great diligence. God prospered the work of their hands. His kingdom always advances through words and actions of committed leadership, people who are willing to work together and give themselves fully to God's purpose. Okay, verse 3. At the same time came to them Tatnei, governor, on this side the river, and Shethar Bosnei, and their companions, and said thus unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house, and to make up this wall? So the people obeyed the word of the Lord that came through his prophets. They committed themselves to work for the glory of God. God was with them. Yet the enemy still came and opposed the work. In every spiritual advance, we can expect our efforts to be opposed and tested by Satan and the enemies of Christ. We must respond to this opposition by continually praying, trusting God, and pressing forward until the work God has called us to is complete. Then said we unto them after this manner, what are the names of the men that make this building? But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease till the matter came to Darius, and then they returned answer by letter concerning this matter. So those who commit their lives to God's cause and work, they are special objects of God's watchful care. We strive to exalt God's kingdom and his righteousness. We will never have his eyes withdrawn from us. This promise belongs to us. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Okay, verse 6. The copy of the letter that Tatnai, governor on this side the river, and Shethar Bosnai and his companions, the Afar Sakites, which were on this side the river, sent unto Darius the king. They sent a letter unto him, wherein was written thus, Unto Darius the king, all peace. Be it known unto the king that we went into the province of Judea, to the house of the great God, which is builded with great stones, and timber is laid in the walls, and this work goeth fast on, and prospereth in their hands. Then asked we those elders, and said unto them thus, Who commanded you to build this stone house, and to make up these walls? We asked their names also, to certify thee, that we might write the names of the men that were the chief of them. And thus they returned us answer, saying, We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and build the house that was builded these many years ago, which a great king of Israel builded and set up. But after that our fathers had provoked the God of heaven unto wrath, he gave them into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who destroyed this house, 
and carried the people away into Babylon. But in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Babylon, the same king, Cyrus, made a decree to build this house of God. And the vessels also of gold and silver of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took out of the temple that was in Jerusalem, and brought them into the temple of Babylon. Those did Cyrus the king take out of the temple of Babylon, and they were delivered unto one whose name was Sheshbazar, whom he had made governor, and said unto him, Take these vessels, go and carry them into the temple that is in Jerusalem, and let the house of God be builded in his place. Then came the same Sheshbazar, and laid the foundation of the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. And since that time, even until now, hath it been in building, and yet it is not finished. Now therefore, if it seem good to the king, let there be search made in the king's treasure house, which is there at Babylon, whether it be so, that a decree was made of Cyrus the king to build this house of God at Jerusalem, and let the king send his pleasure to us concerning this matter. Then Darius the king made a decree, and search was made in the house of the rolls, where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. And there was found at Achmethea, in the palace that is in the province of the Medes, a roll, and therein was a record thus written. In the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king, made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be builded, the place where they offered sacrifices, and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid, the height thereof threescore cubits, and the breadth thereof threescore cubits, with three rows of great stones, and a row of new timber, and let the expenses be given out of the king's house, and also let the gold and silver vessels of the house of God, which Nebuchadnezzar took forth out of the temple which is at Jerusalem, and brought unto Babylon, be restored, and brought again unto the temple which is at Jerusalem, every one to his place, and place them in the house of God. Now therefore, Tatnai, governor beyond the river, Shethar Bosnai, and your companions, the Atharsachites, which are beyond the river, be ye far from thence. Let the work of this house of God alone. Let the governor of the Jews and the elders of the Jews build this house of God in his place. Moreover, I make a decree what ye shall do to the elders of these Jews for the building of this house of God, that of the king's goods, even of the tribute beyond the river, forthwith expenses be given unto these men, that they be not hindered. And that which they have need of, both young bullocks and rams, and lambs for the burnt offerings of the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and oil, according to the appointment of the priests which are at Jerusalem, let it be given them day by day, without fail, 
that they may offer sacrifices of sweet savours unto the god of heaven and pray for the life of the king and of his sons also i have made a decree that whosoever shall alter this word let timber be pulled down from his house and being set up let him be hanged thereon and let his house be made a dunghill for this and the god that hath caused his name to dwell there destroy all kings and people that shall put to their hand to alter and to destroy this house of god which is at jerusalem i darius have made a decree let it be done with speed then tatnei governor on this side the river shathar bosnei and their companions according to that which darius the king had sent so they did speedily and the elders of the jews builded and they prospered through the prophesying of haggai the prophet and zechariah the son of edo and they builded and finished it according to the commandment of the god of israel and according to the commandment of cyrus and darius and artaxerxes king of persia and this house was finished on the third day of the month adar which was in the sixth year of the reign of darius the king and the children of israel the priests and the levites and the rest of the children of the captivity kept the dedication of this house of god with joy and offered at the dedication of this house of god an hundred bullocks two hundred rams four hundred lambs and for a sin offering for all israel twelve he goats according to the number of the tribes of israel and they set the priests in their divisions and the levites in their courses for the service of god which is at jerusalem as it is written in the book of moses and the children of the captivity kept the passover upon the fourteenth day of the first month for the priests and the levites were purified together all of them were pure and killed the passover for all the children of the captivity and for their brethren the priests and for themselves and the children of israel which were come again out of captivity and all such as had separated themselves unto them from the filthiness of the heathen of the land to seek the lord god of israel did eat and kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with joy for the lord had made them joyful and turned the heart of the king of assyria unto them to strengthen their hands in the work of the house of god the god of israel So the construction was finished in 516 BC, approximately 21 years after the laying of the foundation. The Ark of the Covenant, which contained the two tables of the law, was not in the new temple. It is said that it disappeared when Nebuchadnezzar's army in 586 BC destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. So we'll stop there for now. And... Um, just a quick note, there's a gap of about 60 years that occurs between chapters 6 and chapter 7. During this time, the events recorded in the book of Esther, it is said, are transpiring in Persia. 
Chapters 7 and 8 then go on to record the second return of exiles from Persia to Jerusalem under Ezra's leadership. This is about 457 BC. And then chapters 9 and 10 describe the spiritual reforms Ezra instituted after he arrived in Jerusalem. So we'll read more on all of that tomorrow. But until then, may the hand of the Lord, your God, rest upon you.